Welcome in to another edition of the Tavern Tag Podcast, episode 417. Mitch on the ones and twos, Charlie, are with you. Not on the ones and twos, but it just feels right. Yeah, I just like saying it. Um, we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Heat, the tail of the tape. Going to break it down like a boxing match. Going to look at guards. Going to look at forwards, centers, just all the matchups. We're going to talk a little bit about just the NBA playoffs in general, a um, couple of the series, things to watch, um, and then talk expectations for the pitiful Brewers against Cincinnati Reds. Before we get started, you hear him clearing his throat. My guy, Mitch Ross. What's up, dude? Maybe w- I will get back on the ones and twos sooner than later. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, do we go back to the studio? That's the that's the real question. Do we do we head back with the music? We haven't done a show in person since God, I think right before COVID right before COVID started. So like March 10th. We talked about it in March. So it's been a while um since you and I have got in the booth together. So yeah, we'll have to we can offline about that. Um obviously with a lot of the mass mandates and everything coming off. I do also want to give a programming note. So you probably are like, Charlie, you didn't tape a podcast today and you said you were going to or Thursday. I did tape a podcast. I never got a chance to edit it. Um my time has been cut very short recently. Um and work was crazy this morning and then I had to go uh do a sampling. I should have edited the podcast this afternoon, but I just wanted to lay around and watch golf, if we're being honest. So I will put it up on the feed. I probably won't promote it. It'll be there. Um, it's a pretty evergreen show. Uh, I talk about, and I can let you weigh in on this, match. I talked about what it was like if, would Bucks fans like it if they if they were, ra- if the, the way the Lakers get raft, would you like that as a Bucks fan? And just based on everything that happened in that Lakers Warriors game, as well as some stuff about Aaron Rodgers and the Brewers, whatever. But would you like to be ref like the Lakers? Would that would that make you happy? Or do you think it would you fuck with your ref? head? What ref? Ref yeah. as in the officials? Yes, just like I mean, getting. I would love that. <sighs> See, like every single call. I don't know, man. Like I would hate to have to defend myself every game out, right? Like I feel like I have to do it with the Packers. I brought well, that up. See, well, okay. So I'm, I'm. It's interesting you bring that up because I don't know. We've probably talked about it before, but I mean, Laker fans are like a weird breed, right? Where they every every sports fan in the country knows that the Lakers are going to get every single call. They're every they're the league's favorite. They have LeBron. LeBron's a whiner. He gets every call. But Laker fans in the last 10, 15 years, basically coming, this comes from the Chris Paul trade. Yeah. That, the voided trade that, that they think the league is out to get them, which it, it couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> I mean, but, but I think that's just what they tell themselves to, to keep themselves ticking because I mean, there is, and along those lines, there is absolutely no chance Memphis Grizzlies beat the Warriors uh, tonight. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, just just watch the officiating. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just watch it. It's going to be either just a complete shit show the entire game, or they're going to fuck the Grizzlies right at right at the end of the game or something with just some horrible call. Right. It, it's just it's just so predictable. Right. And and that was kind of my point of like I think what I said in there, and you can listen to it um, as long as with this one, is that. The fact of the matter is, is like I would love Giannis to get a better whistle. I think Giannis deserves a better whistle. Um, like the, it's really interesting that there's already columns about Zion not getting a good whistle, and it's like, where the hell are all of you guys with Giannis? Is it just that he's not an American-born player that he doesn't get that respect? Well, but his his whistle isn't terrible, but no, it's it, gotten I mean, better. It's gotten better over the last year or two, but there are a lot of times where I mean he. He's just he's, too big. He is. He's. It's just one of those things where I can't constantly complain because if I did, it would be every every trip down oh, the yeah. court. It's kind of like it's kind of like Dwight Howard when when he was in his prime, where it's like guys are just hanging off of him, and, and you could you can call it every time down, and they're obviously not going to. Which the Miami Heat and maybe this lead us leads us in. Sure. And that's their entire their entire game plan is to just destroy Giannis and and make they're not going to call a foul every single right. Time. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think with the Bucks and Heat series, I feel pretty good uh, heading into this one. I I feel like this has more of a chance to be done in four or five than it does six or seven. I don't know how you feel about that. I know you're more of a yeah. I know it's fine. I just I don't think the Heat are that good, and we can get into it, and we'll get into it now. Um, I just look at some of the tail of the tape stuff, and I'm like, all right are the bucks really is there really a weakness is there really something where i look at it and i'm like wow we are screwed like this is this is not good yeah. so if we look if we look just at the point guard position really the bucks have drew holiday and a little dash of jeff teague i will say i'd be surprised if jeff teague plays more than 10 minutes in a playoff game but he's there and the heat have kendrick nunn and they have Goran Dragic, but more Goran Dragic. I think Dragic is part of their their closing lineup. I look at that, and it's it's a runaway. Now you had the scout, aka Gary Wolfel, say that uh, Drew Holiday, Eric Bledsoe. I don't really know the difference. What an awful take! Um, if anyone had watched Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs, they would know that Eric Bledsoe was a shell of himself. Eric Bledsoe in the regular season, like I do, still think Holiday is an upgrade. Don't get me wrong. But I thought Bledsoe was a competent player, a I mean, maybe not a borderline all-star, but a guy who, if things went right for him, he could be an all-star. Um, and then the playoffs, he just fell apart. He just got too tight. And Holiday has not been that guy in his limited playoffs. He had 38 points in one playoff game. He also locked down Damian Lillard. So all the shit that Goran Dragic did against the Bucks in the in the bubble just is not there anymore. And I think that's going to be a major difference maker for the Bucks in this series. Yeah, I mean, just in general, I think I have a similar feeling toward this series as I did probably the Boston series two years ago. Yeah. Heading in to where it's like, okay, um, I don't feel like super, super confident, but I, I know we can win the series. I mean, I'm not... There's no doubt in my mind that we can win the series. And I said to someone today, um, I can watch the first, probably the first five minutes of the game and tell you how the series is going to go. Now, I know that that's, that's certainly dramatic because in that Boston series, you'll remember the Bucks got absolutely shit pumped in game one. Yeah. And we about lost our, I mean, we melted down. Everyone I, did. I, everyone I mean, lost their mind. I mean, it was, it was a day game Bucks. It was before Giannis uh -huh. had a kid. Like, I don't think day game Giannis is a thing anymore because he has kids. Like, I, I just I don't think that's a thing anymore. Like, I think Giannis during the day is fine because he he doesn't have a normal sleep schedule anymore because he has a kid, right? He's going to have yeah. another one here soon. So I, I don't think Giannis is the, is the same sort of, like, robot that he was a couple years ago. And that was really it. And then you had the Paul Pierce declaration that they, this series was over, and then the Bucks win four straight, and they and they basically make Kyrie Irving turtle like a little bitch, and yeah. so and so I think that 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 series, it, like I compared it to that series, but the stress was higher in that series. Oh yeah, second round, second round, the Bucks hadn't, you know, they won, their, they had just won their first playoff series in in you know twenty years, and you embarrassed, didn't, didn't really you. Play, Oh, okay, ahead. didn't didn't really play much of an opponent that first round. So, I mean, it's just it was kind of you know it counted, but nobody you know. Oh yeah, it didn't at the same time. They so, won at, they won every game by I think at least eighteen points. I'd have to look back, but yeah, correct. I I think that the the series itself is a there. You're that's a good like comparison. I don't think anything really can compare to the bubble. I did a podcast. On Monday, if you want to go back and listen to that, where I said, this is not the same as the bubble. It just isn't. And I kind of pointed out a few different things. And yeah, I think that's a good series to do that. So I guess I'll ask you before we get into like shooting guards, if they lose to, on Saturday, are you freaking out or are you just like, it's okay? Or does it depend on how um, they lose? Yeah. Uh... I'd be mad for probably the rest of the day. Yeah, that would ruin 
that would ruin your Saturday. I mean, it's going to be 80 degrees outside. It's, I mean, Milwaukee's going to be on fire. And yeah, that would yeah. Th- that would make you just mope in a in the corner and nomad for the rest of the day. I'd be all right, but it just it would not it it, it would I guess depend on how they lose. In yeah. a way, I mean, if it's if it looks a lot like the series in the bubble, and Coach Bud is basically coaching his team out of the game, I mean, it's going to be tough to be confident about the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, we I was not confident in that Boston series and that they looked like a completely completely different team game games two through five yeah so it's you know it'll be it'll be hard to really take a lot out of the first game um but then it'll come down to how much they bounce back yeah um in game two and what kind of adjustments they make and we'll have to see what happens there um but totally yeah i mean i it, it, i'd be i'd be pissed for the rest of the day for sure oh for sure like, i mean right. it, it's hard it's hard not to be i mean playoff series you don't remember, like, one of the things that you get reminded of now, this is our sixth year of doing Bucks playoffs. You get reminded every playoffs, you get this pit in your stomach that this game's coming down to the wire. And it it feels different. It just does. And it sucks. It's a shitty feeling. And it it's just like this ride. And it's also like you never feel like you're out of it, but you also feel like you never have, like, that nail in the coffin. Like the Bucks could be up 15 heading into the fourth quarter, and I'm still like, you gotta stop that throat. Like you gotta kill them because they could easily hit a barrage of threes, and then it's back to a one point game, and you're like, holy fuck, we're like strap in. This is gonna this is gonna be down to the wire. So I do think that yeah, it's it's a different animal. Moving on to uh, shooting guards, it's interesting. You have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow on the Miami Heat side. And on the Bucks side, you have Dante DiVincenzo and Brent Forbes. Now, I think that really is a kind of an X-factor position, just in general. Because I could see all four of those guys playing a major role in one game or two games. And I guess my question is, from a Buck side of things, is do you trust Dante in the last five minutes of a bas- of a playoff basketball game? Uh, no. Yeah. I Great would answer. Say Miami. I, I would say Miami advantage Miami and shooting totally. guards. Yeah, for sure. I would agree because I don't. I don't trust Dante. Um, I just he's been pretty disappointing overall this this entire season. Yeah, he's had a um, C C C minus year. Yeah, and uh, I like Bryn Forbes. I mean, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I said this to recently. It probably was you, but Bryn is the type of guy that like, it almost seems like when he's going, the bucks are really hard to beat. And yeah. if he's, cause he's kind of an all or nothing guy where it's just, it's, you know, eight for eight, you know, six, five of six from three, you know, or it's one of 10 and oh of eight from three or something like that. And it's just, it's really hard, you know, for him to get anything. It's hard for him to make an impact if he's not shooting the ball. Well, Right. This is what I'm getting at. And it seems like he's kind of a big X factor in general. Now, I guess you could probably argue that with, you know, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. That those mm-hmm. guys are the same way. That I mean, certainly Duncan Robinson, he's doing nothing out there yeah. except coming off screens and shooting. Yeah. But that's I, that's a big X factor. I mean, those guys if those guys are hitting their threes, look out. I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think if we were doing a heat podcast, if we were doing tapping the flames, um, I think we would be saying, you know, if they're going to win this series, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow have to show up because they haven't showed up all year. And it's, it's a factor. It's a, it's a real factor for both Miami and really Milwaukee, because if they're off all series, that's a huge boost. You can tell, you can tell Chris Middleton, Hey, worry about Jimmy Butler or guard Duncan Robinson We'll put Drew on him or we'll put PJ on, on Jimmy Butler, let you keep your minute, keep you fresh for offense. And you got, you just have to make sure these guys don't get that open of looks and kind of stay cold because that's, that's sort of what you're looking at. They hit a ridiculous amount of threes in five games. I cannot imagine they will, history will repeat itself. I'd be very surprised. Well, Dragic couldn't miss. No. Um, I mean, it, that, he was really, he was probably the worst of them all. 
I mean, we've talked about Jay Crowder and Kelly Olnick not being in, being there anymore, which I do enjoy um, because those guys just destroyed us last year and do at all times. And Kelly Olnick still does. Jay Crowder yeah. still does, even though they're not on, in Miami anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Dragic is still there. Hero and Duncan Robinson, if they're going. I know they haven't been good this year, but neither was Patty Mills, and he looked pretty fucking good against the Bucks the other day. I mean, sure. it's, it's just which, which team is going to show up here for the Bucks. I mean, I don't know. Defensively, right. the Bucks have been, you know, I would say uh, inconsistent at best the last, you know, really all season. But they've been trying things, and, and it's I think it'll um, – you know, they're switching, the Bucks are switching like 25% of their possessions or 25% of pick and rolls or something like that um, since the All-Star break. So they have, in, in, in the last two seasons, they had done like less than 5%. So they've been working on switching all year. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big help. Um, come the post no, I agree. And certainly, certainly against a team like Miami who loves to cut and, you know, run uh, run guys off screens like Duncan Robinson drag screens which kill the bucks and I think a lot of teams across the league um, you know uh, the, uh, the heat are never going to have the more talent in this series but they have you know probably the better coach oh, yeah. and just a, a system that you know works for them and can I ask you, I mean, I know we got to talk about the other parts of this, this sort of what we have on, on the rosters, but do you feel like from an intangible standpoint, it favors the Bucks? I kind of do. Like, I think in a lot of years, the Heat would see themselves, hey, we're the underdog, we're the six seed, Heat culture, like this is what we live for. We live for being the underdog. But this year, particularly, they played until October. They were pretty beat yeah. up throughout the year. It was not. It was not a great year for the Heat in general. Uh, they kind of got into the playoffs because they were playing garbage down the stretch. Like if you look at the Heat, we talked about it last week, but you look at that schedule. It is not good, and they lost to a lot of good teams this year. They didn't have a lot of above five hundred wins, and so are the Heat just like you know what? Like it can they I guess I'm asking, is it possible the Heat might just sort of give in if the Bucks win the first two games of the series? And the Heat are just like, you know what? It, I have a yacht waiting for me by Memorial Day weekend, like Sunday, I can get out and just start hammering drinks and a bunch of Instagram thoughts are gonna be there and I'm fine with it. Do you think that's possible or is that not part of that heat culture and it's just they are they are focused and they are determined to get to round two. I just don't know if it's there this year. I'm just I'm more just asking the question. I'm just well, I mean, thinking of, of course it's slightly possible, but I don't see that happening with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, um, it's a great point. You know, it's, just, it's just it's just how it is. I think if you want to look for like a mental angle, I mean, it's just it's just the Bucks must they have to want to have revenge. I have yeah. to think. Oh yeah, and and you know. They're not in a bubble setting. They're not in the glorified AAU weekend tournament where there's no fans whatsoever. You're hit, you're shooting at black backdrops, you know, black curtain backdrops. And, you know, guys like Goran Dragic are shooting out of their fucking minds for right. five games. And, you know, Tyler Hero is, is just... He's know, back at AAU. Not, he's, he's, he's back yeah, at AAU. Exactly. He's, looking like, he's looking like a seven-year veteran on a, on a maximum contract. You know, whereas, you know, now back into somewhat normalcy playing in, in empty arenas, he's looked like a, you know, a young NBA player and, you know, a little deer in the headlights where, I mean, but the thing about Hero is he was really good that entire rookie season, even before the bubble. Right. Um, but, yeah. You know, there's there, a such thing as a sophomore slump. Yeah. I think, I think sophomore slumps, just real quick on that is like, I think what happens is people get books on you, right? Like people start realizing who you are and they adjust to it. They see the tape and they're like, all right, this is who this guy is. We have to do X, Y, and Z to prevent him. I also think that hero tries way too hard when he's playing in Milwaukee. Look at the stat line on last Saturday. He was one of nine. He, I think he missed 
seven threes. I think there is something in him that he wants to just prove Milwaukee wrong. It's still there for him that he gets booed by Badger fans, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I mean, Marquette fans have no ill will to him, just that he's kind of a prick in general because he beat the Bucks the first time. But I, I think he wants to shove it in Milwaukee's face. Yet that sometimes can take you out of your game. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. A guy who played in Milwaukee for, what, I think, two years, three years, Jimmy Butler with the small forwards. Um, really, Jimmy Butler is the only small forward they have that plays, um, which is kind of funny. Um, and then the, other, the small forwards for the Bucks, you have Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton. Look, I, I, it was really nice to hear Bill Simmons and Russell talk about how good Middleton is and how people don't give Middleton enough attention. Made me feel good. Warmed my heart as a Middleton stan. I do admit that Jimmy Butler is probably better than him. I'm not going to deny that. But I do think they're different players. And I, bo- I think Chris will have a major impact in this series some way or another. And will find his way, find his rhythm. And I trust Chris in the playoffs. Um, I, I worry about Jimmy Butler. Late game situations. He's one of the more f- scary players in the league. Probably top five. But in that Middleton-Butler matchup, I guess I'll open it to this. We'll talk P.J. Tucker here in a second with power forwards. But do you see more of P.J. Tucker taking Jimmy Butler down the stretch? Or do you see more of Chris Middleton? Or even Drew Holiday, for that matter. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, depends on how it's gone. I mean, because Holiday's such a good, like, one-on-one defender. Yeah. That I think if, you know, a la the bubble where, you know, Wes Matthews, you know, and certainly I think it was game one, was the only guy who was able to do anything against Jimmy Butler. Um, I think he could be Drew – Hol- Drew Holiday could probably be that guy where it's like, we're just going to throw him on Jimmy Butler and make, you know, whoever else beat us, you know, I mean, they, that makes sense. they obviously don't have a ton of, you know, one-on-one bucket getters, do they? No, no, so no, 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 That's not Duncan Robinson. That's no, not it's all, it's Trevor all Ariza. off motion. It's off motion. It's all off catch and shoot. Like it's well, and, and I would say Bam out of bio is pretty good. In a, yeah. In a but yeah, but Bam can't really get it from like the free throw line and just start, taking it in like Giannis that can't that part of his game is not there yet right do you agree with that or no well he's also a really good like pop-up shooter though he is yeah for sure he's got but he's that's a catch and shoot like that's what I mean um I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm discrediting Bam a little bit there but I guess with Jimmy or with Chris if so if, if Jimmy is taken by Drew or PJ do you think that makes Chris more of a factor in this series? Because he's not going to be playing offensive. He's not going to play as hard a defense, and he'll have a little more on that offensive side. Well, true, but then he probably would have to chase Duncan Robinson around. Yeah, but like, I, I, I guess I don't know. That obviously probably this that would be a good question for names to ask. Oh, I left my head. Well, yeah, somebody who's. Somebody, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, can we have that's someone a, ask, can we Can we submit that question to a big J? Like, can we ask Chris Middleton what's harder, guarding Jimmy Butler for an entire game or guarding or running around with one of these small guys who are just running at the corners? Like, I... Screens and, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, that would be a good question. I mean, that's, to me, I don't know. Um, ideally, I guess you'd like to have a little bit of both. Yeah. You know? They have multiple looks. I think the the better looks, the better. I don't know. Unless you save each look for each game, you know what I mean. Where, but then people will just be freaking out about not making in-game adjustments, which I would love to see in-game adjustments. Um, but yeah, ideally, I think you like, you know, a little bit of everything. Where you have, you know, Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler for a little bit, then you put Chris on him for a quarter. And yeah, then, you know, maybe I in think the second that half it's PJ Tucker. I think that's, I think probably that's what it is more than anything else is that you're going to get different looks for Jimmy Butler and whatever works in the first two or three quarters, that will be the fourth quarter decision. I will say that, I will say that, um, 
you know, I'm going to be too locked in on the game to really have an opinion at the time, but watching Jimmy Butler and PJ Tucker go at oh, it. Oh be, man. It's going to, it's going to be bad. It's going to be, there's going to be some stuff. It's going to get uh-huh. real nasty in this series. This series is going to be brutal. Like <laughs> it's going to be very physical and it's going to be, it'll be fun. It's going to be really good. And speaking of PJ Tucker, he leads the power. Well, he doesn't lead it because it's Giannis, but he's part of the power forward group where the Bucks have a significant advantage. Pretty much why I think they're going to win this series with guys like Giannis, PJ, our guy Bobby Portis, no Thanos is on to the Kumbo, unfortunately, because he has a knee injury. And then you look at the Heat power forwards, and it's Trevor Ariza, his old ass. Andre Iguodala's even older ass. Nima Bielitsa. Nemanja, yeah. Nemanja uh, Bielitsa, who has not seen the post. He's allergic to the post. Like, he ew. he would rather... He... God. He he would rather just hang out in Chernobyl than go, than go into the post. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is, like, you look at that, and you're like, holy shit. There is our answer. Like, not only is it Drew Holiday, but you look at that power forward position and you're like, so you're really going to expect Ariza and Iguodala to carry you in a playoff series in 2021? Like, that's that's a problem. Like, that's a real blind spot for this Miami team. And that's the difference from last year to this year. Last year, that's Jay Crowder. And we're like, well, Hopefully Jay Crowder doesn't ban bleed us again or Crowder us, however you want to say it. Um, but now you look that and it's it's ugly. I, I I just can't see I can't see either any of those guys having an impact to the level, obviously Giannis, but even of Bobby Portis and and PJ Tucker. Well, true, but you gotta remember that they're gonna build the wall and um you know Obviously, Giannis is the best player in the series, but I mean, he's going to have to be pretty good. You know what I mean? He's going to have to be himself. He's going to have to make the right decisions because Lord knows he's going to be bringing the ball up way too much. Probably. And and he's going to have, if if that's going to be the case, um, he's going to have to trust his teammates. And not that he doesn't, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's going to have to make the right decision. You have to make good passes and you're going to have to make the smart pass and get guys open looks and guys are going to have to knock shots down, which is, I think kind of what the difference is between this year and the bubble is that, you know, they throw Brent Forbes out there. Are you going to sag off of him? I mean, he's knocked down shooter or, you know, Drew Holiday, you know, yeah. Much Drew better, Holiday much is better a, shooter, can yeah. score, can basically do everything. And it's not Eric Bledsoe where Eric Bledsoe was unplayable. It's just right. like, it, 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 that's almost, and I don't know if we can talk. Well, I guess we're not done with centers yet, but no, no, no it's fine. Kind of not it's, much of a debate, but no, um, no, let's go. Just fine. Continue on. Yeah. We know with well, centers it's, I mean, kind of just things you're watching is like, okay, Drew holiday. How much of an upgrade is that going to be over Eric Bledsoe? Quite a bit. I mean, you're going to yeah. go from, you're going to go from again, a guy who, it's such a mental case that he can't even play in playoff games to, um, to a guy who, you know, it's been a couple of years since he's been in the playoffs, but when he was in the playoffs last with new Orleans, he was, a, he was amazing. He was an even better player. He, and his, his skill set was on full display. And I'd love to think that he's going to repeat that in this postseason. Um, and that's going to be a huge difference. I mean, you're talking, you're talking an, an all-NBA-level defender and a more-than-capable scorer as opposed to having a point guard in Eric Bledsoe who, again, was a, was a negative, you know, the moment the game tipped off. So those are big, a big difference in minutes right there. And I think as well, just how much does Giannis have the ball in his hands? Um, and do they throw different sort of, you know, wrinkles on, you know, offensively? Does Giannis go right to the post? You know, the Bucs, we've talked a lot about this year. They've changed their offense a little bit. They put someone in the dunker spot. I'm sure if oh, you've yeah. ever watched a Bucks game on Valley Sports Wisconsin, you've heard them say that a thousand times. Oh, yeah, they um, love the dunker spot comment. Like, that's that's their thing. They they love talking dunker spot. Big, 
dunker spot guys. No, I, yeah, I think I'll let you keep going. Sorry. I, I interrupted you. Continue. I don't, I don't know if I have anything off the top of my head, but those, those are, those are the two big things for me for the bucks. It was just Drew holidays, a huge upgrade. And, you know, off that, I think he should be the one running the offense. Now, maybe that's something they save for, you know, down the road, you hope not too late, but, and just, I, I guess maybe just the, the rotational um, differences from coach Bud this year. I mean, they have a team that's basically right there. I think you got eight, eight and a half guys you can play and, you know, you need the big three out there for 35 plus minimum 35 minutes and probably more like 38. And I think those are your big three things for the bucks where it's just, those, those ought to be a, a good enough difference outside of any probably an even more uh, talent discrepancy from, from the bubble over yeah. Miami. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we didn't talk about centers, which is fine because we know Bam's better player than Brooke Lopez. I'm very curious to see what the Brooke Lopez post revival does in this series because Say what you will. I know Brooke caught a lot of smoke from Bucks Twitter and Bucks fans, but Brooke was kind of an integral part of the of the second half because he stopped yeah. shooting threes. We bitched about it early this season where we we're like, I don't know if Brooke should be shooting threes. And he watched the tape and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go back to the post. His his brother Robin's doing similar shit where he's just dropping hook shots. I don't know if it's a twin thing, but Brooks kind of very effective in that post. And if, even if Brooks in there, just taking it to bam out of bio and you get bam out of bio, a couple extra fouls in the game. Awesome. That's great. You don't know what that means down the stretch. So I am, I'm pretty encouraged with what Brooke Lopez has become and kind of reinvented himself for a gosh, fourth or fifth time. This in his career. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he just, I guess he looks more what he has the last couple of years, the last yeah probably two months. Mm-hmm. I mean, where it's just, it's been, you know, he doesn't look so slow. I think like the Golden State game in Golden State was the last time where I remember people freaking out about Brooke looking like he's in mud because guess what? He had to try to stay in front of Steph Curry. I don't think anybody can do that. So, I mean, it's going to happen, but. Yeah, Brooks, you know, he's fine. But the Heat definitely have the advantage in Oh, yeah. With 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 Bam and we'll see if we'll see if Giannis takes Bam at times, you know. I don't know. Um you don't really see that a lot where star players guard other great players, you know, that much. But that's probably the way I mean I don't know, but can you have Brooke Lopez guarding Ariza? I don't know. Probably not because we'll what? Because I mean, you leave a reason at, at the end of the game, but you leave a reason you know, that corner. That. You leave a reason that corner, and he'll just hit that all day. Like that's his yeah. spot, and I've I've seen it way too many times, and that's that's a problem. So I don't know what they'll do. We'll see. It'll be it'll be very fun. I think the series is going to be good. I I think the Bucks win in five, Mitch. I really do. Um. And I think it's not going to be that close. I think it's kind of going to be a reverse last year. And that's that's my prediction. What do you got? I'll go Bucks and six. Okay. The rally, the rally and cry. It's just, um, yeah, it's going to be a brutal series. Um, we haven't seen Jimmy Butler in any of these games this year, which is interesting. Very NBA. And right, right, totally. Um, Hopefully that gets changed. That gets, uh, you know, fixed next yeah. year. But I don't know, man. I think anyway, I actually, he, I actually he, do think it'll get fixed. I, I, I just, I think this year was a weird year. But yeah, to not, to not necessarily get one, one version, get one Jimmy Butler game to get a little, yeah, I mean, little look at it, is tough. What the fuck's his? Pro- he's had like. He had COVID early in the year. Jimmy Butler, this is. Yes. I mean, all these little pussy injuries. Yeah. Are just crazy. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler decided, oh, I have a, I have a bad back. Um, and I have a, I, I feel like I need to take some time off. And it's like, really? Like, you don't want to have like a look against the Bucks this season, but all right, man, it kind of feels like you're ducking the Bucks more than anything else. As for the other series, well, yeah, they just, they just wanted to, he just wanted to be able to say, well, no Jimmy Butler in any of these games, so we can't take anything from this. Oh yeah, and then what will they say when the Bucks beat them by seventeen on Saturday? Like what? What? What's that? Like what's the what's the comment that we'll we'll ask that question probably on a review or two, um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it turns out that way. Um, and definitely excited for Saturday. What do you think about the start time? The one p.m. Do you like the early start? Would you prefer night? You know, you knew the Bucks weren't going to get the night game. Belongs to Brooklyn and yeah. Boston. Um, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's okay. It's a Saturday. Um, now that I don't have to do post game shows, I I kind of would like a later start. Right. Um, but that's pretty selfish of me. But nothing uh, wrong with being selfish. The one, just the one o'clock game is a little, a little bit of a tight turnaround for me. Yeah, but uh, that's that's inside baseball. <laughs> that's but okay. We'll, uh, when there's a will, there's a way, Charlie. No, I, I hear you. We have a couple, couple with that next Saturday as well. It's at twelve thirty. Yeah, think. yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, but at least we didn't get one of the NBA TV games. Those those went out to the west. Um, the Bucks are prominently featured on the real channels. Um, so thank you for all of it. TNT and ESPN. So none of us who are uh, non-Valley users will can just watch watch these games in the comfort of their yeah. own streaming service, which is good. And it's, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't have a problem with that. We'll have we'll have a ton of national TV games. Yep. Um, the rest of the way, and you know, if we'd have got the Hawks, we probably would have been on NBA, NBA TV. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Bucks Hawks would have at least been one NBA TV game for sure. Uh, I, I heard that the Hawks. Speaking of them, I heard that they're going to have seventy-one percent fans. Wow! Might as well go to a hundred. Might as well go to a hundred. Yeah, that. I don't know. I don't kind of get that. It's like seventy-one. It's like, uh, what? What? Well, why? Just go. Just go. Full- if you didn't hear that, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting myself now. But I'm going to look it up real quick. I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, I just I, the big headline has been the Knicks are going to have fi- have fifteen thousand, and they sold out both games already. And that got, that'll be 15,000. Yeah. 15,000 in New wow. York. Yeah. That's going to be rocking. Now that's uh, gotta be like 70%. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big Jump. group. Yeah. Well, you know, COVID's over, Mitch. I, I don't know if you knew this, um, COVID. Oh, yeah. So the Hawks are going to 45. Oh yeah. So they, they're going to 45%, I think it looks like. So yeah, the team announced. No, it's okay. The team will announce that they will limit it to 7,625 fans. So maybe that's where you heard it. Oh, no, that was against Portland. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Are you excited for Knicks Hawks? Is it more that you're excited for, like, met, like, I it's going to be cheesy. It's going to be overdone, but like seeing Madison square garden be alive for Knicks basketball will be fun. And this Knicks team is not annoying. I love this Knicks team. Like I know their major media market, but I like Julius Randall. I, I like Emmanuel quickly. I Mitchell Robinson. When he played, I liked him. Taj Gibson's old ass being in crunch time lineups is in fucking incredible. Derek Rose, shitty person, but fun to watch. Um, so I, yeah, and I, and I hate the I Hawks. Really, there's, there's nothing I like about the Knicks. I'm just <laughs> gonna throw it out there. I mean, <laughs> oh man, go ahead, continue, proceed. Maybe Thibodeau, but he, even he is like, he's a glorified Scott Skiles. Well, so Tibbs, I mean, Tibbs. The best part about Tibbs is hidden by his mask. We don't get the facial reactions. Mm-hmm. Nothing is funnier. We I went well, to a Bulls Bucks game. Can I tell a quick story real quick? I'll let yeah, you get back yeah. in. I yeah. I went to a Bulls Bucks game with our guy fan, Bulls fan, and 
we Tibbs was coaching still, and he's like, "You gotta watch Tibbs's reactions on the bench." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, just just watch his face." And he, that guy makes so many fucking faces throughout the game. It's hilarious. Like Bobby Knight, you know, had the famous line, "Well, I don't know what the hell a game face is." Like Tibbs has about a hundred game faces throughout the game, and you don't get to see him now because of the fucking mask. So miss out. But continue on why you ate the Knicks. Well, the best thing about Tibbs is the deep voice. Oh yeah, the Tibbs like, voice. Uh, ur, ur. I, I got him calling out defensive stuff or hands up or something. You know, the, just the really deep. He looks like a pang the penguin too. So him yeah. playing, him coaching in New York kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, be a good Halloween sure. costume for Tibbs. There you but, go. I mean, yeah, I don't Julius Randle. You know, he's all right, but it's just how's he going to do when he's got three guys guarding him? And nobody to pass the ball to. That's a good question. But are you really going to cheer for that baby back bitch, Trey Young? Like, I can't cheer for Trey Young. You know, uh, Young. You see, I like everyone else on the Hawks, though. Even Bogdan? Why not? I, I don't know. I, I mean, what do you, you, you think that he's the one, he's the one who kiboshed the trade? I don't know. I just he should be a buck. It just makes me mad. He might, like he might not have he might not have helped it, this the situation. He might have been like, yeah, you know what? I probably could get more money. Bucks but, would be um, Bucks would be sixty and twelve with Bogdan on the team right now. I hope everyone realizes that we would be mm-hmm. awaiting the Wizards and Pacers tonight. Um, last checked, it looks like it's going to be the Wizards, um, and we would be just he been absolutely nice destroyed. I'll say that. Oh yeah, you think? No wonder Giannis wanted wanted him on the fucking team. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah just it it sticks in my craw a little bit, Mitch. It just does. I can't can't shake it. Um, so, other series in the East, we have Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Boston. Man, I, I admire the Celtics fighting hard. Media, I didn't expect the that. Media darling, media <laughs> media darling series. Oh yeah, I mean. It's going to be great to hear how mad Simmons gets when they all dap up Kyrie after every loss. Um, I'll enjoy that. And yeah, I don't, I just, I, the Celtics team, I thought quit. I was surprised that they were able to fight like this. Maybe that means they can win a game. I just look at that. I don't know who guards who. Like Tatum's not that great. You need Jalen Brown in that series. And Jalen Brown not being there is a huge loss because who guards Durant? Tatum's probably too short to guard Durant. I mean, I guess he is the guy, but then Kyrie, Kemba, but then who guards James Hart? Marcus Smart? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I guess you do, but at Durant-Tatum matchup feels like a mismatch. Feels like a pure mismatch. And I, if, well, that, ser- if that series goes to six, I think the narrative gets rewritten on Brooklyn. It's, there's no reason that series should be going to six. Yeah, I feel like it'll happen, though. Oh, I mean, couldn't you just see Brooklyn just kind of sleepwalking that series? Just team chemistry bullshit, just oh, figuring yeah, everything mean, out? Their defense has been trash all year. Right. And they haven't played together. You know, it's going to take some time. You know, I could see the Celtics winning game one. What the fuck? It might not be a bad I – haven't, I haven't looked at the line, but it might not be a bad – thought like that they played i mean i think last time they played i think the celtics only lost by five i don't know who was playing for the uh nets you never know those games happen so let me look at the line here oh yeah it's seven and a half so brooklyn or uh, boston's a seven and a half point dog yeah i i like the celtics at that number eight eight points is a lot Brooklyn hasn't really been a good favorites team all year either. They just kind of let teams kind of hang around. So I I like Brooklyn. I endorse or I'm sorry, I like Boston. I endorse that that idea there. All right, quickly. So it looks like it's gonna be Philly Wizards. Russ versus Embiid will be fun. I don't think that series is going longer than five. Um, especially yeah, if Bradley either. Beal Bradley Beal has a bum a bad hamstring it's basketball um, situation going on there. Um, so I, I don't see much Robin Lopez MB too could be a little spicy, but nothing, 
nothing really. That's really all you get. You might yeah. get a little Sixers. Sixers are having fifty percent fans too, so that place is going to be gonna oh be yeah. pretty rowdy. Yeah, that'll be rocking. That'll be good. Um, on the West side of things, poor Phoenix man. Could you imagine being a Phoenix mm. fan right now? Like you're doing, you're doing tapping. Tapping the Sun podcast, and you're just talking about how you got to play the fucking Lakers in the first round. That's just a KMS situation right there. Tapping the cacti. Um, They're oh fuck. That's so much better. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, I got asked today who, who you got, Suns or Lakers, and I'm like, huh. I mean, it, it's a I will I want to pick the Suns, but it's impossible. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it might the Lakers might as well be the two seed. That's the fucked up thing. Yep. That it, that's the fucked up thing, Gus. I tell you what, like, it's it's so bad. It's so bad that we're all just we're all just resigned to the fact the Lakers are going to win this series, like all of us. And part of it, though, honestly, is like it, as to bring the Bucks into this. You saw what Giannis did against that Suns defense. Anthony Davis can do similar things, even though he's not as good as Giannis. He still can do similar things and just tear up that inside of, of Phoenix. And I do wonder about the longevity of the Lakers. I just don't think LeBron is anywhere near 100%. Did we he pulled it out of his ass at the end of that game. But, man, I, I don't know if the Lakers long-term are, are going to be all right. I do think they win this series, though, and... It's mostly because of Anthony Davis, unfortunately, and maybe yeah. Drummond a little bit. Yeah, Phoenix, I guess, is a little, a little undersized, but I don't know, man. The Lakers probably win the series, but it might go seven. It could. I mean, you do. You could make the case that they don't really have anybody on the outside to guard Paul and Booker. Like, you really think Dennis Schroeder is going to be able to keep up with Chris Paul? Like just in yeah. terms of a skill set, like Dennis Schroeder is a terrible defender. We talked about it as you know, when people had interest in Dennis Schroeder, we're like Dennis Schroeder stinks defensively. Um, and to rip through the other ones, I think Denver Portland's probably the best West series for sure. Well, Phoenix Lakers is the best one, but Denver Portland's gonna be a lot of fun too. I I like Denver in that. I know a lot of people like Portland. I think Portland's a little bit Miami-ish into. I know they ended hot, but have you seen Portland against good teams? It wasn't really that pretty this year. And I just like Jokic. I think, I don't know who really deals with Jokic besides Nurkic. And I think, obviously, you know, it's an Eastern European thing. I think Nikola will want to give him the business. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, yeah, I again, Denver, I guess. I like, you know, Portland is decent but they are I feel like they're a team that relies on scoring and that's not necessarily a great um, formula in the playoffs they just they are kind of just a team that relies a lot on threes and and outscoring teams and I don't necessarily like them over a, over an entire series I think that's a pretty pretty good series though it's a rematch of the uh, Western Conference Finals right from two years ago or Western Conference Semis yeah yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that one going seven. Um, we also have a rematch with the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas was hot down the stretch, but again, I, Dallas, I just with Luca and all the complaining, I, that series, I'll tell you, is probably the one I care about the least. I like Luca, but I just I have a hard time watching Luca because he complains so much. I don't know if that makes me just an old man, but I just have trouble watching Luca on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, he is, he's one of the worst. I mean, it's, yeah. it's probably, it's probably LeBron, Luca, Trey young in that order. I mean, and then Jokic, I think Jokic is right there too. Oh yeah, he is. And that's what I was going to say when you're talking about Denver was like, I don't know, man, Nurkic could probably frustrate the fuck out of Jokic. I can see that. Yeah. And Jokic, Jokic can, He's pretty stoic most of the time, you know, Eastern European, just sort of kind of very laid back. And he's a bear. He's just a big, bear. he's just big fucking bear. Yeah. Just a big, big old European bear. But he, but he also <laughs> like, you saw in that Brooklyn game, we watched it, you know, the, down the stretch, it, he's just foul baiting. Yeah. And 
you know, that's kind of what Luca does too sometimes when they get when they start getting pouty. I mean, they can they can take themselves out of the game and take their team out of the game and in the process. And I, I think Clippers win that pretty easily. Yeah. I'd be surprised if that like went five five or six. Yeah. And then lastly, Utah and uh probably Golden State. I Utah, man, they're so good at home, but they're really kind of bad on the road. There's a lot of 2018 bucks to them. I think Golden State's not, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Curry, Curry will have a couple games, but I think they, I think Utah takes care of them, especially at home in the altitude where they've, they've been great all year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really see Utah losing in the first round. It'd be um, pretty surprising. Uh, no Donovan Mitchell, though, right? Is Donovan Mitchell going to play in the series? I was just going to ask if they're missing anyone significant. I know they've had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything about it. I don't know, but that would certainly be a big <laughs> a big difference. Mitchell I know, says... I don't, Mike, I don't think Mike Conley's played much lately either. Yeah, Mitchell says the goal is to return for game one. But I, I do think they're out Mike Conley. I don't think Mike Conley's going to play. Which, the sun, just like the sun rises in the east, Mike Conley not being able to play in a playoff, meaningful playoff game. I mean, that's no news on Mike Conley, though. Just that he, he, won, he won an Oscar. Um, that's, that's all we have, which I already knew. So, so I'll figure that out. But anyways, it's going to be a good playoffs. It'll take forever. We'll obviously talk about it next week. Probably after game two. Yeah. After game two on Monday, uh, Mitch and I will probably get in and talk through the first two games of the series. Anything else that happens. Lastly, the Brewers, um, man, it's just, it's just rough. Talked a lot about the offense this week. I feel like you're in Cincinnati. It's a bandbox of a, of a ballpark. The Reds just gave up 19 runs to the San Francisco Giants yesterday. If you can't figure it the fuck out this weekend, then I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what has to happen. I I made the case yesterday, which is a podcast some of you may or may not have listened to. Um, Lorenzo Cain needs to be moved down in the order. Um, I think that's step one. I don't know what what else there needs to happen, but I just that's the one thing I'd like to see this weekend. Is there one thing for you that you'd like to see that besides winning two or three games that would give you a little more confidence in this Brewers offense. Uh, Christian Yelich starting to look like Christian Yelich. I mean, he played both games against Kansas city, right? Right. But he didn't, you know, didn't do much, which I suppose in and of itself, but I'd like to see him maybe round into form quite a bit. Uh, maybe get, get fat in the Cincinnati pitching and, you know, maybe sustain some playing time and, you know, just get back to looking like an MVP and maybe, maybe get a home run for God's sake. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy that he doesn't have one. So he took three walks on yesterday or on uh, Wednesday and yeah, he was over two with three walks and then he had three strikeouts in his first game back and did not take a, a single walk. He was 0 for 4 in that one. So hopefully, yes, he gets fat on that Cincinnati pitching. You have tonight, Adrian Hauser versus Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman, kind of a gas can. He's been a little bit. He's a Derek Johnson reclamation project, former Colorado Rockies stud for a year, I think, and then he tailed off. A Hauser gives up some home runs, so that's a little worrisome when you're you're playing in that stadium. And then Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, which I've mentioned, great little back to back with the Bucks. Yep, Brett Anderson versus Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has owned the Brewers really since everybody's like, "Hey, remember when we wanted to trade for Sonny Gray and then we didn't pull the trigger?" And then Derek Johnson left, and then the team who hired Derek Johnson signed Sonny Gray. It's kind of weird. Um, but anyways, Sonny Gray's kind of a, he's kind of a beast. Yeah, he gets no run support though. He has the worst run support right now in baseball, other than Brandon Woodruff. So yeah, there there is that. 
say, so, other than other than the entire Brewers pitching staff. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? And then on Sunday, you have Freddie against Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo has been awful this year. There's no like, yeah, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to to it. Like I, I was looking at some investments um, a couple of days ago, and Castillo's on the mound, and I was like, does this dude just have a bad Babbitt? Like, is he just getting? Is he just one of the more unlucky pitchers in baseball? Because that would explain a lot. No, it, it, he's not in the top ten. Dude just sucks. Just well, bad. I'll say this. Uh, I did. I've done one DraftKings lineup in baseball this year. It was opening day. <laughs> I had Luis Castillo. How'd that go for you? Not good because he gave up like eight runs and two yeah, he was terrible like that. And he's, he's I thought I took another pitcher and then I, I ended up firing Luis Castillo and I, so I went back and looked like two hours later and I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's right. Well, I'm done. What? You know? He's one and six with a seven four four ERA. Yeah. Are are yeah, you so? Was... Oh god. I'd say he was he him and the uh, the Cardinal. I think they played the Cardinals. Reds and Cardinals yeah. was opening day. Him and the uh, the Cardinals starter. Oh, Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Jack got, Flaherty's got been rocked. awesome. Jack Flaherty yeah. since that start since has been then. awesome. I have Jack Flaherty on a fantasy baseball team. He's been great. Yeah, I have. He's, he's figured it out, but Luis Castillo has not. I know no one wants to talk about their fantasy team, Mitch. But for the first time in since I've been with Bobblehead Bobby's fantasy league, I finally have a good fantasy baseball team. It took like three years, but I finally, I finally dialed it in. Like great rotation with Glass now, Flaherty, Bassett. I got some boys. Got a few good hitters. We're we're, we're a good team. I like it. Um, right. Again, no one gives a fuck. Uh, what was I going to say about Luis Castillo? I had a comment, and I it, it escaped me. It's fine. Oh, I know. And just because I could see him doing it out of the three, maybe more Sonny Gray. But our friend Murph, I was on the phone with him uh, earlier today and said, are you surprised that the Brewers are not one of the six teams that has got no hit this year? I said, yeah, a little well, bit. Actually, only, only three different teams have been no hit, though. That's I right. Mean, haven't, yeah, haven't very, the Mariners been hit? Yep. Yep. Very good. Well, actually, there for me. Yes. The Mariners twice. The Rangers twice. And who is the third one? I've got no hit. Indi- in- Indians. Indians. Or the Cleveland baseball team. All, all of the American League. So the American League have weaker balls than, I guess, the National League. Yeah. The, is the American League the worst conference in, the, yeah. in, the, uh, in baseball? 404-799-1250. Some, some are, have the dead and balls hurt the Brewers' home run chances. The, uh, call in. We're taking your calls. Um, I don't know how many times the Brewers can leave one on the warning track. I think in any other stadium, yeah. though, the Brewers probably win yesterday's game. That's that's the that's the bitch of it. Is like if Narvaez hits that in any other park, that's a home run in the fifth inning. Yeah. And I think that would be the city a, is is such a pitcher's park, and it's a house of horrors for the Brewers. They've not had good luck in Kansas City. If you look oh, back, it's, like it's like the curse. It's like the Zach Grinky curse. Do you remember? So I, I'll have to pull it up here. The Brewers were in Kansas City. I vividly remember this because at the time it was I was in college and we would spend summers just hanging out at Doze's house with his at his family's house, like him and his brothers and me. And we would just hang out, watch the Brewers, eat junk food. It was great. We we had a good time. And there was a Brewers Red series back in like 2009 where the Brewers blew each game, each game, that series. That was when they just had a horrific bullpen. It was so bad. I'm trying. I, McClung. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, it was unbelievable. Chris Marvison was probably like the long man. It, it was unbelievable oh. how bad this team was. And our guy, Mach. I think was at those series and he's like, you have no idea how bad that was. You, I, I'm pulling it up now at the 2009 Brewers. Shout out to Felipe Lopez, little Casey McGee action, Jody Garrett, Braden Looper, to name a few guys. If we're, if we want to give like back when the Brewers are fun stories, uh, yeah. 2007 when Guillermo Moda uh, gave up five or six runs in a, in the bottom of the ninth without getting an out yeah. to lose a game, I think in Arizona. Yeah. And friend of Seth snapped his remote in half. 
in his basement. So when Seth cared about the Brewers, you know? Um, yeah. Many moons ago. Many, <laughs> many moons. Oh, God. But, like, I, that's impossible. Like, oh, yeah, how do you get an out? And how do you get left? Like, that would never happen in today's baseball, I don't think. They would, they would, they would throw a position player out there if you, if you gave up three runs without getting yeah. out. Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. Let's see here. This is bothering me. Now I got to find it. I When they Brewers did this, because they... Okay, here it is. They lost on back to... So they, they got swept in Kansas City. They lost two to one, two to one, and they lost on walk-offs twice in that series. Just absolutely brutal. Do you want to guess who blew these? Who blew those games? And what year was it again? Two thousand and twelve. Axford got a little Cameron Lowe and a little Frankie Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, Axford was bad that year though too, wasn't he? Yeah, actually, Axford blew the save, and then Cameron Lowe gave up the walk off. So. That first game, you had Randy Wolf go seven. Then you had Frankie Rodriguez hold. Axford blows it, gives up two runs. Manny Parra pitches a clean inning. Then Cameron Lowe gives up the uh, gives it up. Actually, Jose Varis. Remember Jose Varis? He was a special piece of shit. Um, I was I was pumped when the Brewers got Cameron Lowe. I don't know why, but he was not eh, good. No. Yeah, thing about Cameron Lowe is he wasn't good. Yeah, he looked the part though. Yeah, Axford six six. Oh yeah, Axford blew the second game. Uh, It was a Sean Markham pitched game. Markham went, God, seven almost eight innings. Frankie Rodriguez got it out, and then Axford blew the blew it, gave it up two runs in the in the ninth inning. Christ, I'm like, it's like looking through a looking glass. I'm like, am I, or is history just going to repeat itself? The Royals that year were 72 and 90, and they swept the Brewers. Good times. Good times had by all. But let's end happy. I got to think of a happy, what, what's a happy way to end this podcast since we just did Brewer Retrospective 2012, which I think everybody's probably turned off the podcast by now. Yeah. Well, the Brewers traded Grinky that year, I think, and got Gene Segura. They did. And You're right. And, traded, I, and then traded, traded him for nothing. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, yeah, Gene Segura would be nice over, uh, over Luis Urias. Weicho, uh, it's not, not a great look by our guy, David Stearns. Let me, let me, let's just put it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> We're, uh, that trade's going to haunt uh, Stearns, I think, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, as we've stated numerous times on this, on this, uh, on this podcast that it's, uh, you know, there, there's, there potentially was more magic at work than just, Oh, let's trade Trent Grisham. I think it got, was, there might've been, might've been got, some little clubhouse poll. That was a, that was a bad trade. I mean, not a bad trade because Granky didn't end up doing anything, but Segura, Ariel Pena, who's Johnny Helwig, Johnny Helwig, I think had a couple coffee. Pena might've. And then, yeah, that deal to get Granky here. With UNESCO Betancourt, people forget for Jeremy Jeffries, Alcides, Lorenzo Cain, Jake Orderizzi. Yeah. Unreal. Well, I was just looking at who, who, who we got for Segura. Aaron Hill, God bless him. Oh. Chase Anderson, <laughs> who is, as I've said in text form, Chase Anderson's best ability is availability. He fucking stinks, but he somehow just, just starts every game. He just he shows up. Out there. He, he's just he's one of those guys, guys like, we had this kid in uh, in freshman year of college. I won't name him name. People will know uh, who just would show up. Like you just be playing video games and he'd just be there and be like, Hey guys, it's like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here, man? Like just yeah, where did exactly. you fucking come from? That's Chase Anderson. Like, like I just like when Chase was on the Brewers, he was here for what? Four or five years, maybe. Yeah. Something like so that. It like it was just like, well, Chase Anderson's pitching. I don't think we're going to win, but I don't know if we're going to lose. It's just he's just he's about as he's Tony Snell. He's about as average as it gets. <laughs> I saw. Got, I think I saw he'll, two. He'll have like a he'll have like a four ERA, and just somehow have a job next year. 
I, I think I saw two good Chase Anderson starts one one summer. That was nice. You know, uh, got away with it. Oh, man. Good old Brewers retrospective. You and I are always good for a good Brewers retrospective. We ended on a positive. I like it. It's been a long show. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, do you have anything more for the people uh, before we uh, wrap up for the week? Just fear the deer, baby. You bet. Fear the deer. Back Monday. Talk Brewers. We'll talk Bucks more than Brewers. And then we'll all just wait on pins and needles for Aaron Rodgers and Kenny Mayne. What's going to be really funny, Mitch, is the Brewers are going to have the second game of their, uh, or the Bucks, excuse me, are going to have the second game of their postseason, and yet it'll be trumped by Aaron Rodgers talking to Kenny Mayne. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. And that's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I, I knew, I know that'll get you hot. All right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Well, wait uh, till he says absolutely nothing to Kenny Mayne. Oh, yeah. He'll give Kenny, we'll just, and we'll, or we'll, we'll dissect it. Or it'll be just very like, under the radar shit, and then Mike Florio will find a way to write five fucking columns on it, because that's what that week does. Okay, I gotta go before I implicate myself even further. All right, take care of yourselves. Have a good good weekend. We'll uh, we'll see you Monday. Peace.